Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, something from the cellar. Another mini episode of our midweek drop that sees us pop our corks and revisit some of the brilliant guests we've had on the show over the last four years. That's why we're calling it something from the cellar. Some of the very best cuts from our very best guests. This week, we're taking a deep dive into the fascinating beginnings of some of my favourite guests, finding out how it all began for them as they set out on the road to success. First up, it's Texas's lead singer, Charlene Spiteri. Before becoming one of the leading ladies of music, Charlene worked as a hairdresser. And in this clip, we explore her unique perspective on fame and success with Peter Kay offering some friendly advice that truly challenged the way she saw herself. Enjoy. Peter Kay is not just a pop fan. He's probably one of the biggest in the whole wide world. He loves popular music with a passion. Yeah, he knows everything about music. He's literally like a Wikipedia of music. He's amazing. So he apparently said to you, the problem with you and the charm with you is the same thing. In your head, you're still a hairdresser. Wait, you get rumbled. (laughs) 
Well, is that what he said? I didn't know that yeah. bit. Basically, said to me, he goes, See, the thing is, sure, part, he says, the biggest part of your charm, he says, is the fact that you still, in your head, you're you, you're just a hairdresser waiting to get rumbled. You're thinking, <laughs> I'm going to make a good shot at this. <laughs> getting away with it. Yeah, I'm getting away with it for 35 years. Woo! Did, did that resonate with you, though? Did you go, Yeah, actually, maybe you're right? It was, I thought it was genius. <laughs> Um, everything that Peter does is genius though, do you know what I mean? I just love him dearly. The it absolutely did resonate with me because I, it feels like yesterday and and you know, I guess part of me is continually learning and part of me is just still going, Oh, that's amazing. you know, I still get I I literally I was talking to someone earlier on today and I literally was I still have to pull the car over if we're on the radio. I literally have meltdown. I'm like, Aww. oh my god, we're on the radio. Oh my god. I love that. Still, 30 odd years on. Still, I feel physically sick when the record's coming out because I'm like, oh my god, it's coming out. Oh my god, I hope people are gonna like it. And I, you know, I get really nervous. And that's a lot to put yourself through. That's ten, the eleven albums now. Yeah, no, but it's just the first week. It's just waiting on that first chart position. Yeah, you know, it's tough, really tough. It is. It's hard to get heard. Um, but that, I think you've you've become quite pre- well, quite well practiced in that because when I you tell me if this is true or not, but apparently when you were signing your deal, um, you were called a dodgy boiler by the managing director of the record company. Is that right? Nineteen eighty-seven, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, I heard them. I was sitting outside and they were just like they were playing the demos and stuff, and they were listening. And they went, "So what's the so what's the dodgy boiler like?" And I was like. You know, I just, I, I must have been, I was, you know, I was young and I, I, there was a part of my heart just sank. And I thought, oh my God, I can't believe someone actually used that language. And I guess it's it's like anything, you know, you speak to a lot of women that would into certain industries at certain points round about a certain time in the years. And there would be language and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, is it still out there? Whatever. It's like, yeah, it's out there. It's better hidden now. You know, we all watch the P's and Q's. They're very aware of what they're saying and, and make sure they're not being heard saying any of those things. Whereas before, when, when I started the music industry, it was like, oh, you were getting called all sorts. It was like... Were you once told um, that you were emasculating a record executive? Oh, um, so goodness. so you had to be a little bit more diplomatic so as oh, not to hurt goodness. his teeny tiny feelings. Oh, <laughs> teeny tiny feelings because... <laughs> Photographer that he wanted to use for something that he was working. I says, I can make a phone call right now. I'll phone him now and I'll speak to him. It's like, and he was like, because he'd been going on and on and on at this big meeting saying, yeah, you know, we're like thick as thieves and da 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 da. And, and, and about this photographer. About this photographer. And I went, and he went, oh, you know, we'll have to see him. These people are so hard to get. And I went, I'll call him for you. I'm sure he'll do it. I'm sure he'd love to work with this artist. It'd be really good for you guys and blah, blah, blah. I says, I'll just call him. And I am not kidding you. Oh, my God. It caused it caused so much trouble. Why? Because, you know, he's obviously got issues with being the big I am. And, and I was a bigger I am. <laughs> Jeez. 
Wow. All right, you need to, I should have said it. Do you know I think when you just went and got, all right, you need to speak to an assistant. It's okay, I'll just call him directly. That's <laughs> what I actually said. And I thought I was being really polite about it because that wasn't what I said. I literally said, do you want me to help you out? Yeah, that's what I just heard from the way you told that story. Yeah, that was it. I never said to him, I said, look, I never did what probably he would have done to me. It's like, I don't need to speak to his people. I can just speak to him. Do you want me to do that for you? Which I should have done, which probably I wouldn't have got the attitude after it. So I wondered if, if you could make a little list of failures to inspire others, what would you include and what did they teach you? Oh, God, I've failed at loads of things. I don't have a problem with failing. I am not... Um, if I'm doing something, I will try my damnedest to do it as best as I possibly can. But I'm not scared of failing. I've never, and I would say the biggest lesson from that is, as you said, is learning. So, you know, you can't grow and you can't be anybody if you can't take failure, because if you can ride through the failure, you'll succeed massively when you hit it bang on the head, I would say. Um, you know, I would just say all those things. I'm not scared to, yeah, you've got, you've got to be willing to lose everything a lot of the time to do great things. Um, and you've just got to, you know, it's not about gambling because a lot of people think it's about gambling. It's not about gambling. Yeah, there's chances that you take, but the chance that you take is not succeeding at it. And that's not a bad thing if you don't. Yeah. But also sometimes you think, you can't think, what if it goes wrong? You just have to think, what's going to happen when it goes right? You just got to, you know, you just got to reframe it slightly, haven't you? Yeah, I don't even think about it going right or going wrong. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to do it. You know, sometimes you just got to like get on with it. Up next, we have the truly remarkable E.L. James, the best-selling author of the erotic romance trilogy, Fifty Shades of Grey. I sat down with her back in 2021, where we conducted her first and only ever podcast interview. Her story is sure to inspire and uplift anyone who's ever doubted their career choices or felt like it was too late to start over and pursue their dreams. Here she is, unpacking her extraordinary journey to becoming a one-woman publishing empire. Over the last, I mean, it's 10 years now, really, isn't it? Yes. Um, this, this, this. It, over the last ten years, you've really not enjoyed the spotlight that kind of follows you around. Not really. Um, no. But your story is remarkable and incredible. Um, and I think, as a writer, you can surely appreciate that—that that your story is absolutely fabulous. Absolutely. I mean, I can step outside of it and go, "Oh my goodness! How 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 did this happen? Why did this happen?" And 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 marvel. At um, you know everything that I've 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 been through and everything that I've done and 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 weep occasionally as well. So it's been it's been an extraordinary journey and one that I'm still on, frankly. So I, I it's it's weird because success has come to me, you know, in 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 middle age. So I'm not out like a sort of young footballer, you know. <laughs> I'd better stop there because I'll say something. <laughs> no, but you're not, you're not yes. sat in Mahikis with, you know, yes. a bottle of champagne with a firework coming out the top. No, 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 no but I wouldn't mind now and again. <laughs> I wanted to, to deep dive the, the, the biggest and most incredible moments that sort of mark your journey with Fifty Shades. So my first question to you 
um, sits around that kind of old, well-worn phrase of, you know, you couldn't write it, or sometimes people say, well, you couldn't make it up. I wondered if you could recall some of the key moments along the way, since you first put pen to paper with Christian and Anastasia, that could possibly start with either of those as a prefix. Well, I think that there's so many things. And, and I'm, I'm going back to the early doors of Twitter, okay? And I would publish a chapter on, uh, online, and we used to crash Twitter. That was back in the day, really uh, back in 2009 or 2010. And it would be funny because I'd go quiet and everyone said, like, she's going to update, she's going to update, you know. So when you publish a chapter at a time and, you, you, and, and, and you know, people are reading it, 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 was, it was, that was an extraordinary time and then move on to the to the publication <laughs> i remember it got so popular as a fan fiction i thought someone's gonna someone's gonna copy this i, I need to protect it so i, I thought well, i'll publish it and i'll carry on working in telly and and all of that so i did and you know it it it, it, it did okay but it slowly slowly built and built and then in it won a uh an, a sort of it became second in a in an awards thing on a book site and then it it just took off it just I mean, it really just went crazy to the point that that Christmas, so this was, this was Christmas 2011, I got a phone call from, I got an email from, from Hollywood and I thought it was someone pulling my leg. I thought, you know, this is ridiculous. Someone wants the rights to my, <laughs> my books. And I thought that's insane. And I got in touch with my husband's agent because my husband's a screenwriter and I said, oh, this happened. She said, look, oh, calm down. You know, this is just Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Let me read what you've done. And she did. And she said, right. Um, and she came with me to New York where under my first publisher, the book was published um, in January 2012. So that was the final book, which was Fifty Shades of Freed, was published in New York. And I, I ended up in a room full of women just go, just, it was, I felt like a rock star. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, it was, I was, it was a shell shocking moment. The, these people had read this tiny little book that had been published as an ebook only print on demand. And my poor publisher was based in Australia. Couldn't keep up with demand for this book. And, um, <laughs> did this book launch all these women, I, people wanted to interview me. It was, it was, I did, what's what what's happening here? It was insane, and and also at this time, I got more and more people saying film rights, film rights, film rights. So, so yeah, you hadn't even signed a major publishing deal no. at this point. You've got Hollywood knocking. Yes, you've got these kind of Beatle mania style scenes. Yes, it with, was with, it was with grown women. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was like what? Whose life has have I hijacked? It was extraordinary. So, so my my agent Val said, right, we're going to, to get a publisher who can deal with this kind of demand. And so I met all the publishers as well during that time. So that was very interesting. But it was Which for an author, by the way, is major, right? Yes. You're sitting with the big six, Absolutely. the big six publishing Absolutely. houses. Absolutely. Um, and <laughs> it, was, it was extraordinary. And it was Amosetti who said, I, I want these on the front table at Barnes & Noble. And she, you know, she, was, she was fantastic. And um, I remember jumping up and down on Broadway, because their offices are the huge offices um, 
on Broadway. And I said, this is amazing. This is amazing. And then while we were getting the books ready to be published, I was also in, in Hollywood because everyone wanted to buy the rights, except Disney, funny enough. Um, so <laughs> Really? Yes, funny enough. I wonder why. <laughs> so we met lots of people and it was it was so crazy that everyone wanted to meet us. And I said, we cannot physically get around Hollywood and, and see everybody. They're going to have to come to us just, just purely from a logistics level. You can't go here and then go there. Yeah. And then, cause it's, you know, the studios have spread out over LA and the traffic's dreadful. Um, so she said, right, we'll get them to come to us. And so we, we took a, we took a, a room at, in Soho house in West Hollywood and took meetings and it was ridiculous. And then we'd go back to the hotel with movie studios, with movies. Well, it actually was the producers, movie studios. You go to the movie. We went to, to, um, various places and, and some of them, I got to drive the golf carts around the studio lot. That was, <laughs> that was just such, such a thrill. Isn't that it? was it's, a thrill. So, it's so naff, but so, oh, so I, fun. I, so I, I don't play golf. So it, it almost made me want to take it, take up the sport. So, <laughs> so we then uh, went back to the hotel and we would end up whispering to each other because we didn't tell, no one knew what we were doing, but it was all in the press the next day. Everything, our itinerary, everything. So, so there'd be a white van. I said, like, okay, this is amazing to us. What's going on? And we, we just <laughs> whisper in this hotel because we could, you can't keep a secret in the hotel. We just can't. It's just impossible. I mean, the fact is. You just, so you and Val locked yeah, up, just whispering, whispering under the duvets, going, are they listening? Who's that outside? So that was, that was, that was one of those moments, really. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And finally, we have comedian Al Murray, who came on the show last year and shed light on some of the trials and tribulations he faced as he started out in the comedy world, recounting the penance of performing at ill-fated stand-up gigs in student unions and how Harry Hill forced him to pull his finger out and start taking his comedy seriously. There used to be a circuit of college gigs that you could do, which was always a bit of a penance. always felt like a penance. So you'd go to lots of student unions and you'd go play... I mean... You, you, you'd, what would happen is you'd end up sitting in the Ents officer's um, uh, office on a pile of posters in his office. And he'd be going, I don't know why no one's coming. And you think, well, because I'm sat on these posters you turn up. You haven't put them up, right? It's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and some of those Ents officers then went on to be incredibly powerful people in the entertainment sector. But let's, let's, not, let's not dwell on that. But, um, but, um, it, it, but, but I remember we were driving somewhere. And Harry, because ba- uh, I'd got into stand-up because I sort of thought, well, you know, this, this, this is, looks like a lot of fun. It looks like fun and it looks like a way of kind of continuing a kind of uh, get-up-late-in-the-morning lifestyle um, of the, the kind I'd become accustomed <laughs> at uni. And, uh, and the people in it are all really interesting and they're all good fun. So I wasn't particularly motivated by... Um, was not, I wasn't motivated... Fame was not the spur, nor was money. Um, it was like, oh, this looks like a gas... And I remember Harry saying to me, and I remember we were, I think we were driving to Bangor, somewhere like that, Bangor University. And he said, you know, he said, Al, you're really good at this, but you just don't work very hard. And I sort of don't, I kind of don't understand it. <laughs> he said, you don't really apply yourself. And I kind of don't understand it because, you know, you're really good at this. And you could be, you could be really good. And I said, really? What? what? And he said, well, you know, because the way I see it is down the line, I'm going to have probably, I'm going to have a family and some kids. And I'm going to, I'm going to have owed it to them to have worked really hard because I'm going to, and, and none of this event had ever occurred to me. I just thought, this is a giggle, you know, this will be fun, you know, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and, it, and it really, really, really struck me. And, um, and he, the thing about, the thing is, is he'd been to, he'd done a medical degree. He'd been to medical school. He'd become, he'd done a, the junior doctor thing. So he had, prior to, to becoming a stand-up, worked really bloody hard. You know, in the way that the way that maybe doing a history degree wasn't quite the same kind of graft, and, and <laughs> what versus junior doctor? Well, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> and you know the, uh, um, the, the the horror stories him and his friends would tell me about being a junior doctor. You'd sort of think, well, you know, that that that, that doesn't sound much like the time I fell asleep in the library, you know. <laughs> the, 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 so, and so I and I really and the thing is, is I really, really took I really took it to heart. Because the thing is, is he was he was he was incredibly applied, and stuff was just happening for him because he was working so hard, so focused on what he was doing, and I took it to heart and I thought, you know what, he's right, and um, I ought to get my finger out, and it and it and it did basically yield instant, instant results. The hard, you know, it's that the harder you work, the luckier you get thing, and um, and yeah. I, I do I do I do really feel like I mean I I'd have probably figured it out eventually for myself. But I really, I feel like he saved me a couple of years. <laughs> Would it be fair to say that 
that you gained a sense of momentum with Harry around. For example, the pub landlord was born literally minutes before, well, an MC didn't turn up in Edinburgh. Is that right or is well, that just Well, kind of no, well, or? well, how it was is we were doing a show and I was playing, the, we had a little band with me and um, uh, our dear, no longer with his pal Matt and Harry, the three of us, and we had a thing called the pub band. And, and that was at the end of the show and there were various bits and pieces that they would do together. And the idea was I was going to link it um, and I'd come up with a character that didn't work and we got to Edinburgh and I still hadn't fixed the problem of how I was going to link the show. I hadn't, hadn't come up with anything that worked. So we're in a bar, we're in the cabaret bar at the Edinburgh Fringe and I said, at Ple- the Pleasance in the Edinburgh Fringe, and I said, why don't we say that the compare hasn't turned up and the barman has offered to fill in? Why don't we, why don't we do that? You know, that might work. Um, and, and Harry gave me the kind of look that he'd given me for a fair while of, you know, yeah, yeah, all right, you and your, you and your bright ideas. And I, w- and I went on and did that. I wrote some, jotted some things down and went on and did it. And it, and it, it got laughs, like, out of nowhere, this sort of... Um, although when I first did it, he, he, had, he had basically been forced on stage at kind, of, at kind of a gunpoint, which is not what the pub landlord's like anymore. It's quite the opposite. Um, no. But... Uh, but I, but but and then we did a and then the next day I cut all my hair off, and we did uh, two three weeks at Edinburgh or whatever it was and by the end of it I had an act I had a thing it just sprung out of thin air, and the thing was is because the pressure was to just do it and make sure it was funny and 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 Harry was a real yeah. was a real gag gag monster, it had to be funny you know you, you it couldn't rest it couldn't have any sort of longers in it or any of that sort of stuff so it was a it was a kind of amazing stroke of luck really that that, that 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 happened and then we went on a big tour and by the end of the tour I had NAS material and I was up I was up and running it was incredible I remember going to my uh, manager and saying I want to go to Edinburgh with this now and he went no you're not ready you're not going and I thought right well then I won't go but sodger next year you wait you wait next year this will be absolutely gleaming this show and 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 that worked. I don't know that that was their in- his intention, but it absolutely worked. In the middle of the middle of the nineties, I really sort of got like a um, rod up my ass for, for applying myself to the point of almost, you know, almost of um, sort of an unhealthy obsession. I used to have this thing that if I if I went on holiday, I'd I'd think, oh god, I'm going to forget how to do this. So I I just worked, I worked probably flat out for five years. Very rarely went away. Did it no time off. Sort of ten gigs a week. So you do like. Three or four on a three, three or four on a Friday or a Saturday night, fill the week up and just like be completely obsessed. That was directly going to my manager. Go right, okay, this is my plan, and him saying, "No, you, no, you're not ready. Don't be stupid." And that was a bit of a, you know, because I'm a, I, I, I've got quite a high opinion of my abilities. <laughs> At the best. Of <laughs> Are you still with the same manager? Yeah, I am actually, and um, uh, yeah, we last year we went, we went. Yeah, we went for lunch for like our 30 year, you know, no friendship lunch, which is quite a thing. That was a, and you think, oh, God, 30 years. we're all getting old. Yeah. 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 But, you know what's depressing now is that, you know, I, I speak as one. I've been with my agent, like you, longer than I've sustained yeah. any other relationship. Oh, oh, Isn't that oh, tragic? oh, oh, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> um, uh, it's longer than I've lived anywhere and it's. It's longer than I've lived and it's longer than I've loved. It's, um, it's, it's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? But it is, it's that tough love. It yeah. is that somebody that's, that's there to, it's like having a producer in your ear going, yes. come on. No, better. afraid not. Yeah, better. bad idea. Yeah, you know better than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's just really, it is really good. 
Thanks so much for joining me for another drop of something from the cellar. I'll be back on Friday with a brand new guest. In the meantime, you can hear all of the episodes we've just featured by scrolling through our back catalogue or searching for the guests by their name. This week, you've been listening to Charlene Spatiri, E.L. James and Al Murray. See you Friday. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.